When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua. Welcome, fight fans, to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast with your hosts, Sean Basto and Jordy Neald, here to dish the dirt on this week's action and discuss topical subjects in the world of boxing. So, before we get into the meat of the episode, as always, we just want to direct you over to follow us on Apple Podcasts and on Podbean and all the good podcasting apps out there. So, Jordy, this is the weekend preview. We're going to talk about a couple of bills that are on this weekend. There's a lot of local stuff. Uh, we've got a matchroom show in Peterborough. We've got uh, Lucas Brown in Scotland, Luis Ortiz and Eric Landy Lara fighting. So, there's uh, quite a little bit to get through. Uh, not a spectacular weekend for boxing, but there's a lot of well-known fighters and uh, fighters that we're going to have interest in fighting this weekend so uh, I think we're going to start and talk about the, the the main bill in England which is obviously the matchroom show we say we say it's the main bill in England but really it's kind in a way it's kind of like a, for me a glorified small hall show just on a, a slightly bigger platform that's all yeah well it's basically um, what all small hall shows dream of really it's probably a small hall bill but with the you know the luxury of being on Sky at 7pm so yeah I don't think it's um, it's not obviously it's a, it's a decent bill it's got a couple of good fighters on it's obviously got Anthony Sims Jr who's you know made a bit of a a bit of a name for himself through interviews we haven't seen much of him fighting as of yet but uh, yeah it's, it's, a, it's an okay bill it's not so bad but um, obviously it's, it, it is billed as a JD next gen show which is 
you know what we have a couple of year now. So there's a couple of interesting fights on that on that card for me, and I think the standout one is one that you you tweeted about today, which was Richard Riakpour and Tommy McCarthy, uh, the vacant WBA yeah. Intercontinental Cruiserweight title on the line. You were you were mentioning earlier today on Twitter that it was actually probably the show stealer of the fight uh, of, of the show. Sorry, what what is it about that fight which you think is going to be a show stealer? Well, obviously, uh, Richard Riakpour's um, he's obviously made a bit of a name for himself, hasn't he? And you know, he was on the big um, he was on the big Tony Bell um, Alexander Usyk bill, and he had that fight with Sam Hyde, where it was a good fight until obviously Hyde suffered a a, a ter- terrible injury. But you know, he's had a bit of he's got a bit of backing behind him, and he just seems to have um, he's a bit raw though from what from what we've seen. He's only eight and zero. He obviously carries a lot of power with seven knockouts in in their main fights, but. You know, he's taken a bit of a mark step up against Tommy McCarthy and although Tommy McCarthy's got a loss on his record now after dropping a uh, defeat to, you know, Matty Askin, former British champion, it just seems like a really big and dramatic step up. Not not to be disrespectful to Sam Hyde, but, you know, what we've seen of Tommy McCarthy, he's a, he, you know, he's a very respectable uh, fighter at that sort of, you know, British level and, you know, maybe a bit even beyond that. So it's, it's a good fight. It just seems like a bit of a step up and it's one where, you know, Richard Jackpot could maybe come unstuck quite early in his career with a lot of hype behind him, but so it's just one of them we could, we're going to see. But yeah, it's quite an interesting fight. I thought it, this fight might land on a, on a bit of a bigger show, but uh, yeah, I think it's probably the most interesting fight on the bill for me. I'm looking forward to it. I am looking forward to the fight. I think it, it, you know you said it was good. You think it's going to be a bit of a show stealer, and you, you're possibly going to be right in that prediction because I think if you look at the rest of the card, uh, not to go too deep into it, a lot of it is like they say, it's next gen. It's a lot of the prospects, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and oh fighters fighting against guys that are, you know sort of fifty fifty or losing records. So it really is a platform to get them out there, and I understand why they do it that way. I'd like to see Anthony Sinzi junior so i am looking forward to his fight the react poor and mccarthy fight is probably the, the the fight i am looking forward to very much so but we've got jordan gill uh, and emmanuel dominguez on there and jordan gill is obviously looking to take a step up now he's 22 and 0 he had a good win against ryan doyle in his last outing and now he's fighting for a vacant wba international featherweight title against dominguez so this is now a, a you know a real good step up for him in, in terms of level uh, of, of opposition and the, the sort of quality of fighters he's been fighting he's gone from domestic fighters now to to, to worldwide fighters and this is sort of like at a level where you'd sort of say it's just be sort of sit between domestic and world it's like sort of fringe you know people might say european so to speak but i'm, I'm happy for this step up for him yeah he looks like a talent yeah well jordan gill's obviously you know people are raving about him none more so than dave colwell who you know he's not um he's not familiar with really good fighters so He's got a lot of um, a lot of hope for him rolling into the future, and Eddie Hearn's obviously backing him quite big. And it's just, um, yeah, I think I'm not, I can't, I can't lie and say I know a lot about Emmanuel Dominguez. I haven't seen him fight, but you know, a quick glance at his record, he hasn't really fought people with much of a record. But you know, he's dropped a few and you know won his first year. He seems like he, he looks like he might have a bit of power with 16 KOs in you know 30 odd fights. So. It's, it, it's one of them. I think you'd probably expect Jordan Gill to come through and come through quite comfortably, but he's sort of at that stage in his career now where he is going to get these tests from outside of the UK as they look to push him on. But I think he, he's just on the precipice of, you know, as you say, European and world level now, and they've just got to sort of get the balance between, you know, do we do we just keep him with these sort of fighters or do we take a big chance? And I think Jordan Gill will probably be up for taking a chance. He, he comes across as that sort of as that sort of guy he's quite ambitious so yeah I'm really looking forward to seeing Jordan Gill in bigger fights and 
I think you know we see quite a lot of them this year. I think it's probably about the right time to step him up now. When you look at his resume, 22 fights, 22 wins, some people are thrusted into you know the, the limelight quite quickly. And you've seen that, you know, in particular domestically with the cruiserweights. We've seen them get shoved into sort of real big fights real quick in the career. So they've really nurtured him to, to this 22-0 record. But now it's time to, to see him in with bigger and better fighters. And hopefully this will be a step in the right direction. And, you know, we will get to see him in the next 18 months really start to push on and, and potentially push on for, for a shot at a world title later on down the line. So I am happy that he's getting this this opportunity. Uh, I just I just feel like he's more of a, he's more of a main event sort of fighter as in he should be on more of a main event card as in like you you know like your Usyk's and your Bellews and your, your Joshua's you know maybe on a bigger undercard than he should be it's like they've put him on they've put him on a lot of next yeah, end shows I, yeah I think he's um, you know that's the way he's heading and and he's, he's obviously a product of small hall shows which we're big advocates of you know over at each week boxing the beat on, on our podcast as well so you know he's good inspiration for them lads because he was on small hall career and now he's slowly breaking through and we're sitting here talking about him should be on bigger bills so yeah it's, he's obviously got a lot going from Jordan Gill I think the way he fights as well he's, he's a very very talented boxer but he quite likes to fight so I think we'll, uh, we're definitely going to see Jordan Gill in some good fights and you know, that's only good for us. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not discrediting, you know, where he is. As, as I think I'm speaking more of a fan perspective of, you know, when I see him at 22 and 0 now, and I see him, I want, I want to start to see him, and I think he deserves to be sort of put on the, the, the bigger bills. And you're right, that's probably the, the direction they will be heading with him over the next 12 months, and that's what I want to see for him. And, and he's got to deliver the goods on Saturday night first and foremost to continue that momentum. So we'll see what happens anyway. Uh, also, then on that card, a vacant Commonwealth featherweight tie on the line Lee Wood against Abraham Osai Bonsu who I've, I've honestly never heard of so <laughs> I'm not no, going to it's been one of them this week isn't it we haven't uh, you know the matchmaker's been really digging into the old uh, into the old phone book when he's pulling up some of the opponents this weekend but you know that's what we've come to expect from these smaller shows but yeah I'll be totally honest I haven't seen much of Abraham Osei Bonsu myself <laughs> no I haven't and, and I'm not going to be disrespectful and sit here and try to talk like I know who he is and, and, and the fighters he's been in with because I really don't and that would be silly of us to sit here and try and do that but you know he's 13-3 and three, uh, with one draw on his record so he's not got a bad record at all really when you think about some of the way fighters are matched you know at, at this point of the career some fighters are still matched with, with fighters with massively losing records but he's fought mainly in, in his obviously home country of, uh, of Ghana so a lot of his fights obviously have been over there so he's built up this record over there yeah. and, and obviously he's coming over and I've had a look at his record to be fair and you know some of his fights have been at a place called City Engineers Yard in Ghana so you know I think um, going down to Peterborough might be a uh, quite scenic for him I think he might he might feel like he's in a bit of a VIP place but yeah he, he'll obviously be tough and you know he'll have been tested in very very testing you know surroundings so you know it, he'll obviously have a lot of heart and dreams for himself this could obviously propel him but yeah it's t- really really tough to see 
or to gauge what sort of ability these lads have got. It's it's just one. It's sort of for us as fans. We've just got to sort of watch and watch and hope someone you know is going to come for a competitive fight. But it's pretty much impossible to tell. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the the, the bill itself is made up of uh, Kieran Conway, Case Asfak, John Doherty, Joe Steed, and Bradley Smith, all prospects uh, under ten fights that are looking to to progress on throughout the career. So you know it is made up of quite a few fighters to look at, and I, and I know, and I'll repeat this: that is why it's called a next gen show, and, and it's not billed as just a normal matchroom show. It's because they are trying to push out all these fighters you'd normally see on the small hall scene. On a plat on a matching platform, they've got the ability to do that, and, and you know it's only good for them, and I, I, I totally understand that. And um, one one fighter in particular on that card is John Doherty. I mean, I've seen a lot of him recently, and he's uh, he's getting a little bit of a reputation even this early on of being a bit of a puncher. So I am looking forward to seeing whether he can continue his little. Uh, streak of, of, of wins and knockouts as well and we've obviously got the Cage Asfak uh, matchroom sort of heavily promotes Cage Asfak and you know he's, he's to be the next star and he's another one that you know we were looking forward to seeing his progression so overall it's 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 hard to sit here and, and totally say this is going to be a, a, an exciting build to watch I mean I, I will watch it uh, but I'm not holding out hope for any sort of major uh, action or upsets and I'm just looking more forward to seeing how Jordan Gill gets on with a step up and then how Reakpo does against McCarthy and, and, and likewise and who, who progresses on from there so that's what I am looking forward to with this Bill Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, you pretty much showed up but that's what the for. I mean, I know a lot of people will be on be on Twitter and they'll be slagging the show and you know Eddie Ayn as as people like to do. But you know, we know what we're getting with these shows, and you know, we just got to accept it. Between you know the JD Next Gen to the standard Saturday Night Fight Night and then pay per view, that's what we're getting in the country at the moment. So as you say, just take it for what it is. Enjoy enjoy some of these guys who are coming through and are hopefully going to be you know headliners on our screens in a few years and sort of just yeah try and support it a little bit. But I think more importantly, as we touched on earlier. It's a glorified small hall show, so you know for, there's not that much boxing going on this weekend apart from that in the UK. So you know there's a, quite a lot of small hall shows going on. So you know it's a good chance for people to get out and maybe go and see a small hall show. Well, that sort of leads us nicely, really, onto that section of of the episode. Really, is we said there's a lot of small hall stuff coming up over the weekend, and in particular, uh, a lot of stuff you know here in the northwest. We've got three sort of major promotional shows here in the northwest. We've got one that you're attending, which is the Black Flash promoted show in Liverpool. Yeah, uh, we can talk about that. We've got the VIP boxing promoted show also in Liverpool at a different venue, and then we've got. Kieran Farrell promotion show in Bolton at the football stadium's hotel. So there's three local shows there with with a lot of prospects. You know between the three cards, I, you know I'm really looking forward to covering this weekend, and that is why we obviously give this you know forum for them really to give him a bit of a, a shout out and give him the opportunity to get known to people that listen to us because we know that people listen to us from all over the show so you know it'd be nice for them to maybe look at following these guys and is there anyone out of uh, all them three cards that sort of stands out to you in particular Jordy? Yeah well obviously I've been to a couple of these Black Flash uh, shows now and they're running sort of um, they're running you know conjunction with a, a local gym in Liverpool uh, Edmund Red Triangle which is quite which is quite famous and you know they got a lot of the, the young lads there who've turned over pro and um, there's a young lad called Nick Ball who is uh, fighting a super featherweight at, at the moment I believe but he's 7-0 and, um, and a couple of fights ago he had a local derby with a, another local lad called Brian Phillips and 
you know, he, he knocked him out and, well, he stopped him and then he stopped um, a guy called Joel Ducker, I believe, a Leicestershire lad, when I was there the last time. And he just looks a really exciting talent. He's only 20, 21. And he just sort of, there's a couple of rumblings in Liverpool now on like, you know, a bit below the, the glorified stuff of just how good this kid might be. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to going to going there and seeing him again, watching him progress. And then there's obviously there's a, another young guy called Michelle Spear and um, a guy having a second fight, Connor Butler, and obviously Alex Dickinson, the big heavyweight, who was part of the uh, GB squad and, you know, was quite pushed by MTK, MTK Global. So in the show I'm attending, there's a, there's a good bit of talent. And, you know, I've tried to tell everyone who I'm sort of talking to locally to, you know, come down and have a, have a look because at the end of the day, there's so many fighters across history who've come from these small little shows and, you know, gone on to be the Sky Sports, the BT Sports fighters. So this is your chance to see them. And, you know, what a be- what better way when there's not much, you know, big time boxing on the TV for once. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then obviously you, you go over to the Olympia in Liverpool as well and you've got VIP putting their show on. Uh, you've got a couple of names that have kind of had a bit of nationwide exposure in, in Mason Cartwright being on that particular yeah. card. Uh, obviously people will know him from fighting Darren Tetley on one of Frank Warren's shows at the back end of last year. And, uh, yeah, he had a horrendous injury, yeah. Yeah, his lip completely sort of split. It was really yeah, bad, wasn't it? Off. It was really, really bad, yeah, his lip. So- I mean, Steve Wood's quite good at that. You know, he, he, he get, his shows are, you know, really good value for money. That's who's obviously promoting that show for people who don't know. But, you know, it's a stacked card. There'll be, you know, no less than maybe 10 bouts, 11 bouts. And, you know, there's some there's some really good lads in that. And a big, big cruiser called Nathan Quayless, who's on there. Um, his uncle was a fighter as well, and he, he's really exciting. And obviously, the guy I just uh, referred to before, Brian Phillips, he's making his comeback. Brian Phillips is actually part of... Um, Tyson Fury's camp for the Wilder, yes, the Wilder build-up. He was yeah. he was over there sparring Isaac Lowe, yeah. So you know he's obviously been under the guidance of obviously Ben Davidson and you know picking the brains of Freddie Roach. So for him to be coming back on the Olympia, that's quite good. And obviously hopefully he's improved a little bit and he can kick on this year. But yeah, right across the country, really, there's some good fights this this uh, this weekend. As you say, there's a Kieran Farrell promotion show as well that you're going to, and yeah, and Miles Kinkwin and Kirk Garvey a bit further down south. So. Weekend for the uh, the underbelly of the sport, really. Yeah, no, absolutely, and it's it's the bread and butter of obviously boxing, and yeah, yeah you, you move up north, and we talk about Scotland, and obviously Kinnock boxing. Sam Kinnock used to work for MTK, now split off, and he's got his own promotion. Has actually got Lucas Brown on his show against uh, know, heavy, yeah. heavyweight journeyman Camille so- Sokolowski, which will uh, be quite That's interesting. Dangerous. Sokolowski better than better than his, his record. Just, and I'm not sure whether that's the best bit of matchmaking in the world. Especially someone's style of Lucas Brown. You know, no disrespect to Lucas Brown, he's a world champion, but sometimes he can be, I don't think lazy is the right word, but you know, he can be a bit laboured. And Sokolowski's not the guy you want to be You want to be in there with if you're, you're going to you know, go through the motions. He can't he can catch you cold. And it's a Nick Ball, not, so, uh, not Nick Ball, sorry. Nick Webb not so long ago, so yeah, that's a bit of a uh, could be a bit of a banana skin that one. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's his sort of warm up fight for for the for the fight in April with Dave Allen. So that's going to be interesting to see how he gets on against the dangerous journeyman in Sokolowski. And you know, even that card, if you look at the card there, that's got three 
title fights you've got a Scottish area lightweight title a Celtic super welterweight title and a Scottish area super welterweight title so you've got three uh, British Boxing Board of Control titles on the line in that show so that's good and then obviously one that I've just slightly picked up on at the last minute is I know in Leeds uh, the Sky Scholarship for Jack Bateson who's now 8-0 at Super Bantamweight he's headlining that event over there so again up and down the country it's, it's absolutely stacked this weekend and this is when it really kicks in so good in. to see isn't it really like Obviously, we talk quite a lot and we love our small uh, boxing and we try to cover it as much as we can with the ones to watch series and stuff. You know, it's so good to see like this the sport at that level being so healthy at the minute. It's so hard for them promoters and them fighters, you know, them, most of them are on ticket deals and stuff like that. But, you know, that's the traditional way of, of getting on in boxing and there's nothing better than seeing, you know, a boxer go from them shows right to the top it's it is just something special about it no absolutely uh, i think that kind of covers obviously all the uk stuff let's go into america then and then there's obviously one big bill on saturday night early hours sunday morning uh, and it's lou debella's promotion debella entertainment putting it on and main event there is the wba world super welterweight title brian carlos castano the wba champion facing off against Arislandi Lara which will be uh, an interesting matchup because I don't really know and I've not seen a lot of Castano but he is actually the champion in this one going in against Arislandi Lara you know a guy people we've talked about him I think before and other people have always said he's a bit of a avoided fighter in the super welterweight division so this should be an interesting one as you said he was um, you know in the past he has been avoided and that's sort of gone under the radar a little bit so you know maybe that'll be a good fight and obviously you've got the big Lewis Ortiz and Christian Hammer on that on that bill as well, I believe. So yeah, um, that might be something to catch up with. But yeah, um, Lewis Ortiz is obviously you know he's he's in a bit of a tough position, a bit like Dillian White. He's sort of in the who needs your club, isn't he? Yeah, I know. You know he, he, no one's going to pick to fight him because he's he's a Cuban. He's very very talented, and it's quite hard. I know Deontay Wilder fought him, but you know unless he's really put in your face, you're not going to pick to pick to fight him because he can't speak English we can't really sell a fight over here or in, in the States well, it's just a dangerous proposition for everyone but yeah he's just going to have to keep knocking on the door but I'm not sure how much time he's got left if I'm totally honest well what do you make of uh, Tyson Fury then this week not taking the immediate Wilder rematch and, and going for a, a different fight completely I think it's poor and I said this you know when, when this whole deal got announced it, I've seen a few people saying brilliant for Fury you know, secured his money and, you know, this is only good for the sport. I heard a couple of other podcasts and stuff saying that and in my mind I'm thinking, you know, I don't get how it's good. The fights have never been further away. And then he, obviously that gets um, cancelled, the fact that the, the rematch. And then Fury goes on Twitter and says, I'll fight anybody. But it's just like, it's, 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 at the, it's really, really on the point of just being absolutely ridiculous now. It's very contradicting. Like, yeah, you know, Fury was billed as the one who really wanted everything and he was like, the people's champion, he's the one who wants to fight, he's the one who's going to give us the stuff. And, you know, he's literally pushed them further away than they've ever been. I don't get it. I honestly don't get why this decision's been made. Now, I know the thing is with this deal that he's got now is that he can make all that money and technically fight five guys that are in the top 10, top 15 heavyweight fighters in the world and still make all that money. And from a business standpoint, it it makes sense to do that because you're making easy money against fighters that you can beat with one arm tied behind your back. However, in in the fans' perspective, in other people's perspectives of, of how we see it, it's it's pretty poor for us because we wanted to see an immediate rematch. And when we were talking about him making that deal last week, 
when we're talking about the issues with broadcasters and all, all being further further than ever from getting these big fights when he doesn't want to take the fight it makes it even more disappointing for us as fans because we know now are we really going to get to see that fight after he takes another fight or are they going to come up with some other excuse to string it along for another two fights no and I think they've obviously they've painted Joshua in such a bad light over the last sort of 12 months and they've gone and basically done the exact same as they accused Joshua of of sort of protecting himself and that looks to me what Fiori's done he's took a deal that's going to get him paid regardless and he's he's just basically saying give me the fight and I'll fight sort of the you know take me contract yeah, I, mean, I heard him say the other day to Mike Costello that he's had his he's had his the final fights now he's had his big fights I don't know if I need any more sort of thing and so I'm not saying he's checking out but you know maybe he's in his own mind he's thinking how many of them wilder well, fights have I got left of me sort of thing I know it's disappointing to hear, to be honest with you, because uh, I've been nothing but pray, praise for him, really, for what he achieved yeah, and what he did. And I was myself. And I feel like I feel like I've been a little bit let down, to be honest with you. As a fan, I mean, he doesn't have anything to prove to to, to Sean from Manchester. But do you know what I mean? It's as, as as a fan, as a boxing fan of, of of years, and you think to yourself, this guy really wants to come back and make history. That's not really making history, is it, by taking easier fights, which is seemingly what it looks like they're doing. And like you said, are they checking out here mentally now? Are they thinking, well, we can make a shitload of money with this deal by fighting people in the top 15, uh, and maybe on my last fight of that deal, I might fight an Anthony Joshua, or I might fight a Deontay Wilder, or whatever. But <laughs> it's just disappointing. Surely Joshua will never happen, in my opinion. Do you not think? As sad as that is. No, I, I just, it's just, there's so much water under the bridge now. I honestly, I think the fact, they won't take a deal because I believe it's personal between everyone else and Eddie Hearn now. I don't even think it, it really matters about AJ. I think it's personal between them and Eddie Hearn. I think most other people are thinking I'm not giving, in their opinion, I'm not giving Eddie Hearn the satisfaction of fighting on his show and taking his deal. And you know, the egos are so big, it's, it's very, very tough to get around. So I'll be very surprised if Fury Joshua ever happens. I think... At the moment, as it stands, the one we've got a slight chance of happening is maybe Joshua Wilder, but that's very, very slight in my opinion. Hmm. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Again, it's just all bullshit. <laughs> I call bullshit on it, that's what I do. It does me head in, honestly. And, and, and moving on to things that kind of do my head in and something that's been really prevalent in the podcasting world this week, and I touched on it before we went on air, was uh, a couple of podcasts, uh, Fight Talk and a Good Right Hander podcast over the past week have been talking about uh, independent podcasting and what what is defined as an independent podcast and I thought this was a you know a good way to spew out what we think about this situation now the the, the general basis of an independent podcast is a podcast like us where we, we we've invested in our own equipment we're, we're doing it remotely sometimes sometimes we're together when we do it we don't actually have a fully fledged studio with uh, tens of thousands worth of equipment to be able to do the podcasting we're not affiliated with any promotion or promoter or fighters as such we're just fans basically with with some decent knowledge that like to put out our opinions to, to the rest of the world and people enjoy listening to it and there's a lot of these other podcasts popping up from guys that have been in the industry broadcast-wise for, for a couple of years at least, or some of them even longer, 
and the what's happening is they're actually being funded by these larger companies to to actually put this information out via a podcast and it feels like they are usually directed to support a certain promoter fighter uh, whoever that may be platform and it feels like they're using that platform to do that and it's kind of in a way they're trying to silence the the independent podcasting world by by putting their own mainstream stuff out and I really wanted to, to sort of talk to you about it and, and get your initial thoughts on it and I know you mentioned a couple earlier so what 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 are your initial thoughts on this whole situation being an independent podcaster yourself mate we we know how hard it is to get this consistent content content out every week you know me and you we work jobs we've got families we sort of like we've got things going on that we and because of the passion we have we fit time to do this podcast and get it out to the best quality with the best content we can because we love we love the game and we love doing this you know let's just take for a minute how easy would it be if we had a nice cushy studio that was funded by someone else we had a little producer who'd get all the facts up for us and we'd be able to just sort of do it in our own time nice and chilled it would be it would be perfect and you know these podcasts that we're talking about that's what they have essentially so one yeah there's a hint of jealousy i wish we had all that stuff but you know we started from the ground because that's this is what we want to do and you know i think there's a beauty in that and i think although then podcasts are trying to silence us i'd like to give a quick shout out to the good right hander actually it's one i really enjoy i think it's, it's a really good podcast so you know people go and have a listen to that as well but yeah the, we, we 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 will try and silence sort of smaller podcasts like us but it's the persistency that got us to uh, the persistent nature we've got that got us to this point so it's going to be the persistent nature that'll keep pushing us on and eventually get to the level there without the legs up that they've had so you know to me it's just a bit of a challenge just a bit of a game and you know as much as we dislike it or disagree with it you know it's the world we live in unfortunately yeah i agree i, I do agree and, and i'm not i wouldn't say personally i i am jealous of, of, of these situations me, for me personally i see it as uh, more uh, it, it puts a rocket on my ass in terms of I think to myself well you know what it's a bigger challenge it's a bigger hurdle to overcome and and, and what is life without a challenge do you know what I mean I, I, I enjoy the thrill of the challenge I enjoy the thrill of being able to put ourselves out there and compete against big platforms and yeah we might get absolutely handed on a plate our ass is handed on a plate to us if you look at the figures and the listeners and all the rest of the bullshit but at the end of the day we know that the people that are listening to the stuff that we all put out all of our different podcasts independently we know that genuine fans are listening to genuine people who are also fans talk about subjects that other people don't want to touch on or don't want to talk about or haven't got the balls to to, to, to say what you feel about certain people or certain fighters if they've had a shitty performance and you're still trying to sort of put your head up their arse and, and, and that is why we do it it's because we enjoy what we do and you've you nailed it on the head and obviously the reason I, I wanted to do this and put this sort of opinion across is because one you can only put so many characters on Twitter to reply to people uh, and two I listened to that episode of A Good Right Hander and the guys on there were you know 100% spot on with what they were saying and, and, and fair play to them because they're doing exactly the same as what we're doing and you know we, we all should support each other uh, in the same way yeah there's a little bit of friendly competition but at the end of the day competition's what makes everybody better and step up the game so there's nothing wrong with that I think whatsoever. that's what you find with, with the genuine podcasts you know with their social media um, accounts and stuff the genuine guys you know we all sort of you know we're not afraid to 
sort of plug each other or you know give it give each other compliments i mean there's a couple of people on twitter and who are involved in podcasting who get uh, an article published somewhere and suddenly they're too good for everyone but you know there's a, there is a couple of there is a couple of genuine podcasts that i listen to myself so you know i think the good the good honest people we we all try and push each other up and you know as you say we, we start we've sort of started with no funding no nothing our own money and our own time and you know to give someone a, a, a sort of a boost who does that alongside us I think that's only a good thing it absolutely is and I think that it leads me nicely on to, to, to sort of the section of a podcast where you know people out there are trying to get this funding for, for podcasting and you know we were quite fortunate that after so long of doing it we had a company get involved with us Bear Attack Boxing who we plug every single episode and they wanted to be involved because they were a relatively new company in the boxing gloves world and they wanted to get their stuff out there via our platform and our forum and we're nothing but grateful for them to, for, for, for sponsoring us and getting involved and providing a little bit of support to us because if they wouldn't have done that we wouldn't have been able to have some nice new brand spanking artwork done we wouldn't have had this nice little clip at the beginning of each episode with all the little commentary quotes in done we wouldn't have had all that done we had that done by somebody who's who's better at us than doing that because we wanted to make this platform a lot better for people to enjoy and to listen to. So, you know, a big shout out to, to Bear Attack Boxing for, for obviously sponsoring us and, you know, hopefully... Yeah, that, of course. That, I mean, that, we couldn't, obviously, as, as I said, we started, well, you started this and then I come along and then they come along. So, you know, it's been a slow process and a very, very steady progression, but... You know, it's people like Bear Attack who who are obviously trying to push their own little things themselves. You know, they they're helping us and we're helping them. It's it's a conjoined effort and you know, as you say, can't can't thank them enough and you know, hopefully it's just the start of a, a good relationship. So before we close out the episode, uh, is there any other topics this week before we get to the weekend's action that you wanted to discuss? Is there anything that you've seen on social media that's bugging you, or is there anything you want to get off your chest about this week's news? Mate, there's all c- the only social media that I use now is is Eat Sleep Box and Repeats when I and I sort of you know have a little go on there for our little thing. But the, oh mate, I, honest to God, social media is the most frustrating thing in the world. <laughs> Aside from the fact, as I just touched on, then you know people get an article posted somewhere or you know get a, a bit of credit and suddenly they're like they're acting like celebrities and you know I'm, I'm about to go off on a tangent so I'll probably wrote loads of down but do it do it yeah do from it. a box yeah no from a boxing point of view is obviously we've seen Canelo Jacobs and stuff like that you know I'm quite looking forward to that fight I, I love the story of Danny Jacobs and what he's been through I don't love the fact he's been through it but I love the fact he's come out the other side of it you know and he's at the pinnacle of the sport now and my views on Canelo were quite clear and mate, I honestly couldn't think of anything better than Danny Jacobs winning that fight and you know I don't think many people in the world of boxing have got a chance against Canelo as it stands as much as I don't like him but you know Danny Jacobs weighing out weighing out classed against Golovkin Golovkin arguably beat Canelo so you know it swings and roundabouts and I just hope Danny Jacobs can, can uh, pull off the upset in May No oh, mate honestly I would love nothing more than Danny Jacobs to pull off the upset in May because you know he's a guy that he's, he's genuinely come out of something that kills thousands yet millions of people every single year and it takes away family members from our own families and we've all you know, the, the scary statistic about cancer is that now they're saying, uh, you know, every one in two people are going to get it at some point in their life. And that's a scary statistic to even think about, knowing that your other half or your, one of your children, you know, could potentially get it at some point. And that's it's scary to even think about that fact. So going back to Danny Jacobs' story, 
that the fact that he's been able to come out of the other side of it, still performs at the highest level as a professional athlete, and potentially is on the cusp of doing something that will please a hell of a lot of people. You know, it's it's fantastic, and I'm fully behind him. And I don't like to be biased, but I don't like the way they treat Canelo now. They treat him as a megastar, which is you know he has kind of earned the right in some respects with his in-ring abilities. But the stuff that's happened out of the ring, which we've discussed on many occasions, is what really pissed a lot of us off. And, and that's why people want to kind of discredit him. And that's why people want to see him lose, is because he's so protected at the moment. It's unbelievable. And for Danny Jacobs to rip them tight, that, you know, sort of that title away from him, them two titles away in the middleweight division would be, you know, it'd be unreal. And I think there'd be a lot of people celebrating across the world if he does do that. But he's, I tell you what, he's going to have to knock him out to win. Yeah, he is, and but you know this is this is an opportunity. This is what he's worked for. You know, we all we hear them cliches all the time, but you know, in his case, he really has come from somewhere dark. And you know, what better way to round it off? I just hope he does it. But yeah, another news: there was obviously the two Joshua and Miller press conferences, which you know were pretty embarrassing. They were just <laughs> them two shouting your mum at each other, which you know, I just couldn't quite get me out around. It's just I think Joshua referred to himself as Jarrell Miller's mum's landlord. Oh my god! Which is, you know, that was a face. It's, oh, it's ludicrous, isn't it? Like, you know, I was listening to the the Bunton Costello podcast after they interviewed Joshua, and Joshua was talking about himself, and obviously Costello can't do nothing but give praise to Anthony Joshua and what he's achieved in the sport so far. And you know, fair play to the guy. I've not, I'm not knocking him. I've enjoyed watching his career so far, and I'll probably enjoy watching the rest of his career. Depend, you know, depending on how it all goes and who he fights and all the rest of it, but. You know the way they kind of trying to sell this fight to the public is 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 not is not great to watch. I mean, it's it, 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 I'll be honest with you. At the moment, it's it doesn't excite me. I, I feel like it's I wouldn't say it's one of the worst build-ups to a fight, a heavyweight fight that I've seen. There's probably been a lot worse out there, and I'm sure people can name them. But it's just not really for a guy of Anthony Joshua's stature, his class is one of the best heavyweights out there, if not the best heavyweight out. Then. You know, it, it, it's not an entertaining build-up. They're trying to do things like to oversell it, and people can see straight through it, and that's what pisses people off with it all. And then they make all the references to the mother. Real fights don't need don't, real fights don't need all that stuff. And, no, exactly. You know, Eddie Ern, Eddie Ern knows deep down that it's not a real it's not a real world cha- world heavyweight championship fight. Joshua knows that. Miller probably knows that. I've said a couple of times of I don't understand the, the Miller thing, but what Miller's Obviously, you know, being, I don't know if lucky is the right word, but, you know, the zone have sort of seen him as the perfect, the zone Sky Sports and Eddie have seen him as the perfect US opponent. They've even alluded to it themselves a couple of times because he is big, but actually he's from Brooklyn. It's an easy sell, but I, I think people are so disappointed with the fact that these big fights are happening. Uh, not happening you know even the, the casual fans are struggling to get involved with this Joshua Miller thing and I think the closer it gets you're going to see even you know more stupid more staged things and you know it's just not what we're going to see at the end of the day real top class fights and at the end of the day real world heavyweight championship fights shouldn't need to, to be sold in this way if you're fighting for the world heavyweight championship then you shouldn't have to be doing all, this, all these gimmicks it should 
sell itself in terms of you know how good you are and unfortunately we're just in a position where we're trying to flog Jarrell Miller and, you know he's all over the, the UK press at the minute and they're trying to big up how, you know, how rough his childhood was and you know where he's come from but fundamentally he was a kickboxer who could become a boxer and he's not really beat anyone of note if you look at the cold hard facts yeah, no, I know. Well, we're going to enjoy <laughs> we're going to enjoy doing a, a special preview episode for that one. I'm sure uh, when it comes to the time at the end of May, that'll be a, that'll be an interesting one to do. Um, I I haven't got anything else news wise to discuss. I'm sure there's probably things that you know we we may have missed off, but we you know we'll come back at next week and I'm sure we'll react to a lot of things next week. So before we call it a, an episode, is there any other thoughts, feelings, or anything you want to get off your chest before we call it an episode? No, no, I think it's just been a pretty general roundup, and you know as we keep saying the past couple of weeks, it's not really got going yet, and it's true. So we just need to get to probably the mid mid end of March when all the you know the big the big fights just start rolling in week after week. No, absolutely, and obviously for the listeners out there that that continue to listen every single week and download the episodes, all I can say to you guys is is thank you so much for continuing to do what you do, and we'll keep bringing you different content, we'll bring you Legendary Knights is going to make a triumphant return, we've got two to record, we've got the Hatton versus Sue, and then we've got Frotch Groves 1, so we'll get them recorded, we'll get them out to you as soon as possible, and as soon as we do them, we'll be back rolling along that train and on that train track and getting some of the great episodes out to you. Uh, big shout out again to Good Right Hander, big shout out to the Fight Talk podcast boys. Uh, everyone, thanks for listening. Enjoy the boxing this weekend. Stay safe. Peace. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.